Welcome to Day Zero Update for December 17th, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Sologi. And I'm Brandon Perkins. Yeah, two-man crew, uh, but we have plenty of news. Oh, just a lot of it. <laughs> it's befitting of the way 2024 has gone that uh, all of it is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, let's see, here's a settlement of a big lawsuit, uh, yep. delays, uh, game getting canceled, mm-hmm. an event getting canceled forever. Yeah, which, let's be honest, we kind of saw this one coming a mile away, but... Yeah, there's a game being delisted and then being shut down in a few months. Mm-hmm. Another game that's getting shut down. Yep. And a developer that's getting shut down. Two developers. Mm-hmm. Like, two games, a bunch of stuff here. Yep. Uh, then we'll talk about games to look forward to for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first few months, I got a bunch of them here. So you can see how uh, quickly things escalate. Mm. in 2024 but before we do that we'll start uh talking about what we've been playing i'll kick it off here uh, i've been playing uh, some more euro truck simulator 2 i finished up the uh the other events i had been trying to get done the oh um back to the black sea road to the black sea mm-hmm. event i think it is yeah uh, which features turkey romania and bulgaria i think it is mm. um Finally got that done. And that leads into the holiday event they're doing, Christmas Winterland, uh, which goes into some actual interesting places in that there are portals on the map that take you to a separate map uh, mm-hmm. that is like the the Christmas area uh, with like a chocolate factory. There's like a, a workshop, a market, a uh, bunch of stuff like that too deliver places to mm-hmm. to deliver to or from. Uh, so like the events, I think you have to deliver to each of those places in that uh, map uh, on its own. Um, mm-hmm. And then 15 jobs overall, uh, which is pretty neat. And yeah, that map has uh, snow on the ground, which is not a thing. It's in either American or Euro truck simulator. Yep. Uh, Cause it's just perpetually like late, uh, summer, early fall mm-hmm. kind of weather, uh, very warm 60s to 80s usually. So no real weather other than rain on occasion, mm-hmm. but uh, this one has snow. So it's uh, if you're going very fast, it's going to take you a while to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've got that kind of stuff going on. So that's been fun. I'll probably switch over to American Truck Simulator after this because they just released Kansas and I bought that. So there's an event tied to that, and I'll do some of the holiday stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, more stuff going on there. Uh, so that's been fun. Uh, also, been playing some more Atari Fifty because they just added like twelve games to the to the game. I did a stream looking at each of these games, um, mm-hmm. and surprise, surprise, most of them aren't that good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's Adventure Two, which I don't like Adventure, so that didn't. Mm. Anything it just it's not a, a real sequel, it's a homebrew like fan sequel, yeah. Thing. Um, and had a, a bat and a a dragon were just harassing me constantly and taking taking stuff and taking it somewhere, and it was just very annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended up just being like, ah, it's okay, but uh, bowling, bowling's all right, but it's uh, it's very bare bones. 
yeah kind of game it's it's a side scrolling bowling game in case you're wondering mm-hmm. uh with all the fun of controlling it that way yeah uh, which has games based on how you want the controls to be whether just straight shots or being able to curve or have like full control of the ball mm-hmm. to make it go back and forth but it's still a bowling game so there's that uh there's double dunk which is a terrible basketball game not that you would expect a basketball game on an Atari twenty six hundred to be any good, but yeah, uh, and that's like a some of these are like late eighties, like nineteen ninety releases, which you're like, why? Why did anybody release games that late? And it's like Atari had nothing better to do, All right? Uh, until they got a a Jaguar or something out there mm-hmm. for that. But yeah, Double Dunk is a bad game. It has options, I guess. <laughs> Uh, which is a thing that's not in like old Atari games. Mm. Uh, but once they saw like NES games having options, like, hey, we could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. There's Maze Craze, which is uh, a maze game. Essentially, it has like 256 modes yep. uh, based on varying ways of adding uh, robbers that chase you or mm-hmm. blocking parts of the screen uh, mm. or, you know, making it more annoying or less annoying whatever uh but that's a two-player game at all times so there's no real reason to play it unless you got a second player um let's see there's miniature golf which is all right but it's also very weird because the the aim is based on where you where the ball is at on the screen so if it's in a corner uh you have to basically aim the opposite way to get any sort of uh good shot out of it and so that just makes it very weird uh that one's all right, I guess. Uh, there's Moto Rodeo, which mm. is like a side, it's almost like a side scrolling excite bike kind of thing, but it doesn't look nearly as good for obvious reasons. Mm. Uh, but it's really hard to control your vehicle, um, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, a neat concept, but poor execution. Mm. Uh, then there's Aquaventure, which was a game that got canceled. And that's uh, actually pretty good. It's essentially yeah. you're like a scuba diver with a gun that's sinking into the the ocean to uh, through multiple screens to get a treasure uh, with yep. the fish kind of swimming back and forth. And pretty simple concept. Um, so yeah, that one's pretty all right. Uh, let's see, Save Mary, which is also an all right game. It's another one that got canceled. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're basically dropping like platforms down into this sinkhole that Mary has gotten herself into as it's slowly filling up with water. Mm-hmm. And so you're just very basically just dropping them down, mm. uh, and getting her up to a point where you can grab her with, the uh, the, the crane that you're using. So that one works out. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. there's super football. Mm. Uh, that one is actually also all right for a football game. Uh, it's five players per side and you kind of pick plays kind of like a tech mobile in terms of pushing, you know, the stick in one direct, any of the four directions to pick a play. Yeah. You don't actually see them. You just one direction. Like, all right, I, all right, that's a play. Okay. Um, hmm. But it's, it's pretty playable for an old football game. Hmm. So that works out. All right. And also handles all the, the kicking stuff automatically, mm. so there's no aiming or anything. Yeah, but that one's that one's all right. 
what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. There's Return to Haunted House, the sequel to Haunted House. It's a homebrew one. Yeah. Uh, I don't like Haunted House, so this also did not do much for me. Uh, that one's always like Aimless Wandering. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, uh, let's see. There's Circus Atari, which is kind of a Pong game under the, the aesthetic of a circus. Yeah. Uh, it is really bad because it is a pedal game. Yep. And so using regular controllers, you don't have a paddle. Ah. So you don't get the, the fine control. So you're just kind of blindly moving back and forth and dying in frustrating ways because you can't properly judge it. Mm. Uh, at least on a PlayStation controller, you can use the touchpad. That helps a little bit, but that's still not the right kind of control for that game. So that's still mm. that's a game that's uh, a neat concept but not good to play on a controller. Uh, and then mm. the last one's the only non-2600 game. It's a, a Lynx game called Warbirds. Mm-hmm. I think it was supposed to be in the collection originally, but got delayed for whatever reason. But uh, that is a flight combat game based around World War One era flight stuff. So it's got like the Red Baron in it, mm. that kind of stuff. Um, but it works out pretty well. Uh, pretty decent controls. It has... Uh, simulation and arcade controls has a bunch of options for base like unlimited ammo, you know, unlimited lives, all that kind of stuff. So you can just make it kind of easy for you to play mm-hmm. if you want. And so that works out really well for that kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and you're just basically in this kind of arena uh, with another, sh- you know, another plane to shoot down that kind of stuff. And it has like, uh, it's in first person and it has look controls to look all around your, uh, your plane uh, mm. as well up and down like surprising amount of depth and controls and all that kind of stuff so mm. that one's probably the best of the bunch here of the stuff that's been added so that's cool that's all the, the game so some neat stuff some stuff that's like this is neat that they did this but you know don't expect anybody to really put time into some of these games unless you have that yeah. specific nostalgia for it mm-hmm. so yeah there's that uh I also played God of War Ragnarok Valhalla, the mm-hmm. uh, DLC that adds essentially a roguelites mode to the game. Um, it takes place after the end, so I had not beaten it, so it it doesn't really spoil anything at the point that I was at. But it was very much like, oh, these two characters are buddy-buddy now somehow, and even though they were trying to kill each other through most of what I was playing. Mm. Um and they hint at some stuff, but they don't ever go like, so this is what's happened uh, kind of stuff, though. They kind of talk around certain things, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, essentially, Kratos has been sent a message that tells him that there's something important for him in Valhalla, uh-huh. uh, which, you know, is the like path from life to death, mm. uh, kind of the afterlife for... Uh, the Norse mythology. Yeah. Um, Though here it's kind of uh, presented as something that's made up of your memories, I guess, what you see in there. Mm -hmm. And so for Kratos, it's, you know, enemies and places from, you know, the God of War games, the recent ones, Mm -hmm. as well as, uh, you know, seeing people or hearing voices of people from his past in the, the Greek mythology. Mm. stuff so uh, i'm still pretty early in it i don't know that i'll put too much time into it if it's gonna spoil shit for me so i'm gonna probably keep uh, away from it for a bit but 
Uh, it's pretty neat. You kind of just run into an area, kill some enemies, open up a chest that gives you a perk or you know something that adds to uh, bonuses or skills you have, that kind of stuff. Um, you have all three of your weapons, which I think that's another spoil spoiler I wasn't expecting is that there's a third weapon um, beyond the Blades of Chaos and the Axe. Uh, there's another one, so mm. you get options for all of them. There's a way that opens up to upgrade your stats between runs, like mm. permanent upgrades to your stats, and so uh, there's all that kind of stuff that you would expect, as well as a bunch of story stuff. Because uh, between some of those combat uh, stages, you'll run into these, like, uh, essentially, like, training grounds or something like that. It's like a place to go, you know, chill for a bit. You know, uh, there are chests and such in there that have, you yeah. know, currencies and uh, potential new perks and such. But you'll have uh, eventually open up multiple doors so you'll be able to have kind of a branching path out of these places uh, mm-hmm. but initially you just have the one door yeah that limits what you're going to be doing initially so uh that's a lot of good stuff in there um and yeah you get like before you start a run it's like pick out the the kind of shield you want because there's a variety of shields with different mechanics uh as well as different um perks i forget what's all there is there's they're still adding more when i was done with that so uh, I think they're going to keep adding some more stuff there. So that looks neat. And the devs are there, certainly talking a big game. And like one of the final challenges in that is something mm. nobody on the dev team could figure out, mm. uh, which means probably somebody's already beaten it by now uh, mm. in the, the community. So yeah, that's uh got a war Ragnarok, but how it's free DLC, grab it on the PlayStation store for all that. So uh, that's been pretty much what I've been playing. So, Brandon, what have you been doing? Well, uh, as for me, I finished Super Mario RPG last night. Um, and, yeah, I'd forgotten how difficult that last fight with Smithy was because he's, he's a two-parter. Um, and the thing is, is, like, it's... there. It That last... that Well, that first fight with you have have with him is kind of um i guess uh, kind of distracting because it kind of implies or at least with the way the with the way it's arranged is that in order to uh beat this guy you basically you first thing you need to do is kill his uh smelter it's that enormous pipe that's next to him that's leaking out the fluid that he uses to turn into weapons um you don't have to do that though you can just straight up fight smithy himself and that fight is actually not that difficult it's the second one that's incredible that's actually a bit of a challenge um what happens is he shows his true form um and also it's a it's a point where they actually like show you like what they were trying to go for with his last stage for his last fight in the original game because in the original game um the whole idea was that he got so mad that he ended up breaking the foundation for the tower he was in. So you and him basically plummet down to this area that looks like, like a junkyard. It's got like a bunch of pieces of what looks like himself strolling all over the place. Well, 
in the remake, you can actually see what it is. It's basically the boiler room um, that is just littered with, you know, pieces of his true form everywhere, as if he had been trying to, you know, turn himself, you know, perfect himself and create new pieces of himself. Um, and if you've played the original, you know how this fight kind of goes. Um, what he ends up doing is he uses his hammer to basically like mold and reshape his um, his head into various forms. The first one is a tank, and it basically is focused on like uh, you know physical attacks. You know, it shoots you know rockets and stuff like that. It also will turn into like a weird, really disturbing like wizard form that's just really bizarre looking. Um, and it's all focused on, you know, spells and such, but though, if you've played this game up to this point, then you know that, um, physical based characters based on physical things, they're very, um, weak to like magic attacks and magic based characters are very weak to physical attacks. Um, so, you know, you hit him, you can basically hit him with like regular attacks and it'll hit pack quite a punch the only problem though is that the spells that he's using are ones that can take out like you know half of your life bar or two-thirds of it very easily um so you have to make sure you know to, to be able to heal you know carefully and then it'll eventually turn into what looks like a head stuck inside a locker and that's basically his defense form so you just kind of use that time to regroup or whatever and then after that, finally, he turns into a uh, a chest, you know, that can be open and it'll like do it. It's based around, you know, item effects. So like creating, you know, you know, casting silence or healing stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I finally beat him and it's you know the, the i remember you know how that game ended and everything but it was still amazing cuz that game has probably one of my favorite in credit sequences in all of gaming history which is the parade you know the character parade which is you know just one of the coolest things ever and the thing is they actually update parts of it for uh the remake where they get to Johnny Jones ship and it lights up and suddenly it's the modern graphics it's really cool um um and yeah so yeah um and then of course they've got like post game stuff that you can do um i'm going to try and go and fight Kulex and see if i can beat him cuz Kulex is basically the single hardest character to fight in the game um he's literally a basically like an XB or um, sort of a shout out to like final bosses in Final Fantasy games because, you know, this was a Square joint as well as a Nintendo joint. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and other than that, I also uh, finished playing Gadget Past His Future. And I'm just going to say that game is very strange and I love the experience, but I'm definitely going to have to get that Mark Laidlaw book to make a little bit more sense of it. Um, and that's about all I can say about that. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. All right. So yeah, let's get to some news. And we've got uh, PlayStation Plus's game catalog lineup for the rest of the month here. Uh-huh. Uh, that'll be out here on, I think, the 20th. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the 19th. 
Uh, yeah. So yeah, we got a bunch of stuff here for uh, extra and premium. Mm-hmm. Uh, kicking off here, GTA Five. Uh, the wake mm-hmm. of the announcement of Six. Do you still have not bought that game? You're mm-hmm. an increasing uh, minority as yeah. far as sales are concerned for that game. Yep. Even I got a copy of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you can check that out if you somehow have not done so yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. If you want to get weird, uh, The mm-hmm. Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. Yep. Or PS5 and PS4. That game is, it's a thing, man. It is yeah. the game of all time. Yeah, it is what if they merge like the lore of the original Final Fantasy game mm-hmm. with Demon Souls or Dark Souls style combat. Yep. Uh to it that's like all right, this this sure is uh a hell of a take on this game. So mm-hmm. there you go. And that's Team Ninja that made it, so even more credibility for that game being wildly solid more than you would expect. Mm-hmm. Uh from the way that game looked at uh, before launch and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there you go for that. Uh, also for PS4 and PS5, MotoGP 23. Uh, just some of that uh, moto racing stuff. So mm-hmm. that would be neat there if you're into that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, also for PS5 and PS4, Metal Hellsinger. Mm-hmm. The rhythm first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah, focuses on a lot of like metal music with... Uh, yeah, that's luckily easy to stream or do anything with because it's all original music. Yep. Uh, versus, you know, the way they promoted it was a sense, you know, like here's all these big names and it's like, oh, that's not great. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, oh, that's all original, so it's not songs from these people. It's new songs made for these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it was the uh, it was the one of the my games of the year when it came out. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely worth playing at least once. Yeah, it will. I will say though, it can be kind of hard to get a hold of because it is very, very rhythm based. So, you know, fortunately, there's a bunch of stuff in the game to like help you stay in rhythm, but it can be difficult. So expect a challenge. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's see here for PS4 and PS5, Salt and Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the follow-up to Salt and Sanctuary, mm-hmm. uh, taking a lot of the same kind of mechanics, but bringing it to more of a Monster Hunter-ish mm-hmm. kind of framework. Uh, still a pretty cool game, uh, mm-hmm. worth checking out. Some great art to it, so that's one to take a look at. Uh, let's see, also for PS4 and PS5, mm-hmm. Moon Scars. Yeah. Uh, this one I'm not 100% sure. I think it's a, a Metroid-ish kind of thing. Yeah, I think with like a lot of dark, uh, mm-hmm. dark fantasy kind of imagery to it. Yeah, uh, so that could be neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, then we get to Mega Man Eleven for PS4. Yep, uh, the newest of the Mega Mans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check that one out. Uh, let's see, PS4 and PS5 Gigabash. Mm-hmm. Uh, this yeah has a it's kind of a, a newish version of like a War of Monsters. Mm-hmm. style like 3d arena fighter kind of thing but with like kaiju uh and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, kaiju and like giant mechs uh kind of stuff so that's neat i believe that has godzilla dlc for it so if you're mm-hmm. uh, into the game get the dlc mm. uh let's see there's grime for ps4 and ps5 mm-hmm. uh let's see action adventure rpg which 
could mean it's like a Metroid thing or something else. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, not familiar with this game too much. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to see if I can load up a, a page on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, not quite sure about this one. Mm. Oh, you can check it out. See for yeah. yourself. Uh, for that, oh, what's the Steam page say? Okay, Metroidvania, Souls-like. All right, mm-hmm. that's all you need to know. Yep. There uh, for PS4 and PS5, Tinykin. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very cool game. Uh, oh, yeah. Basically kind of a platformer-focused kind of a Pikmin mm-hmm. uh, versus Pikmin being more of a strategy game. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's... Uh, uh, a really fun game. Mm-hmm. Definitely one doesn't hold your hand as it has like hundreds, if not like a thousand or so of these creatures you need to find in the level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can get down to like the last, you know, chunk of them you need to find. It has no means of telling you like, Hey, where you should look kind of stuff. No real quality of life stuff in that uh, from what I've seen. So there mm. you go. It's like the the one knock I have against it, but everything else is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here for PS4 and PS5, Proteus. Yeah, uh, this is very much a uh, first person Doom like. Yep, uh, or maybe Quake like. Um, uh, the very cool kind of Metroid Prime ish kind of UI to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're in the the actual helmet of the of the the main character. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's cool having a lot of. Uh, more modern visual style stuff to it. So that's mm-hmm. a game that looks really nice uh, for that. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Next up here for PS4 and PS5. Uh, all next three are all the, the, the shadow run trilogy mm-hmm. uh, shadow run returns, shadow run Dragonfall, and shadow run Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could essentially say these are the games that brought the, the computer RPG genre back. Mm. Uh, to set the stage for Beyond or uh, Baldur's Gate three to become mm-hmm. a big deal. Oh yeah, as uh, the first one, at least the first one, was kickstarted of uh, Shadowrun Returns mm. and led to the others doing pretty well and kind of getting Larian to look at doing Divinity Original Sin and mm. the sequel to that, and then getting to do Baldur's Gate three. Mm. So yeah, you can check that out uh, for uh, some cool games based in a, an interesting universe. Yeah. And then, yeah, we got here the, the classics for just premium, mm-hmm. uh, which let's see, there's Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all the, the NES and Super Nintendo games. And it's technically PS1, I think it was 8. Mm-hmm. And then it has 9 and 10 in that second collection, which are on PSN and XBLA. So mm-hmm. there you go for those two. Then they add a Thrillville, which I think is the, the PSP version. Yeah. Uh, so that was the thing that released there as well as Thrillville, Thrillville off the rails, uh, which they say uh, might be the PS2 version, might also be the PSP version. I would assume uh, what we'll to see. Um, then there's Buzz Lightyear of Star Command for the PS1, uh, which, yeah, they had a cartoon for Buzz Lightyear oh, at yeah. a certain point in the late 90s, and that's, you know, obviously they made uh, licensed yep. games based off of that. So uh, those could be neat. Who knows? But mm-hmm. 
there you go. Pretty solid month there. Mm. Uh, for that, so yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. And then the the one bit of positive news we have here for yeah uh, the industry here is that Saga Emerald Beyond mm-hmm. got a release date of April twenty fifth. Hmm. Uh, for next year, so that is the the newest Saga game from Square Enix is going to be hitting in April. So uh, that's a franchise that historically has been up and down, constantly, never really mm-hmm. hitting a consistent uh, upward or downward trajectory. Mm-hmm. Just enough to frustrate the people that like you know the early games. Yeah, uh, for that. So yeah, yeah but- there you go. Uh, that'll be on, I think, PlayStation Switch and PC. So, there you go. And then let's get to the news here, the rest of the news. Uh, yeah, Valve had a fun time banning a bunch of people in Dota 2. Yep, and this is absolutely a Valve thing to do. Yeah, so they have like a holiday event going on. Yep. Yeah, they have a holiday event going on. And, you know, they sent out, you know, gift boxes to everybody. And those that were naughty got coal. Uh, yep. And depending on the, the level of uh, badness that your uh, account was with, you know, the the ways they track toxicity mm-hmm. in the game, uh, you could get anywhere from, I assume, like a, a basic piece of coal, lump of coal, to... Mm-hmm. Uh, what's uh, a major streamer got a highly toxic lump of coal mm-hmm. that's led to him being banned for 15 years uh, until 2038. Yep. So uh, there's a video there from the stream where he found this out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's pretty good. If you want to see somebody who I've seen described as playing a character, a toxic character, Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, if you're playing the game in character, then of course mm-hmm. you're going to get banned in this way. But this is a a pretty good thing. Of course, he claims he's never done anything bad in the game. So, you know, that's a, that's always what you expect out of somebody that's innocent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, uh, there you go. Fun, fun way to expel these shitty people out of the out of the community like that. So, yep, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up here, we got Hideki Kamiya. Yeah, this isn't quite as bad as anything else here, but he talked about why he left Platinum Games. Yeah, on his YouTube channel, basically saying that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he le- he left because he felt that the direction the company was heading in was different from his beliefs as a developer. Mm-hmm. Saying without that element of trust, I couldn't continue working there. Mm-hmm. And so I left so that I could continue working in what I consider to be the right way. I don't mm-hmm. think of games as products, but rather as works of art. I want to put my artistry into games and deliver games that could only be made by Hideki Kamiya. So mm-hmm. players can enjoy Hideki Kamiya games exactly as they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, also saying I decided to leave the company and forge my own path to continue making games that reflect the developers who made them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I talked about how he just sat down, had a talk with, uh, uh, Atsushi Inaba about potentially leaving and sort of coming to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, an understanding that, you know, why he was going, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that seems like a 
uh, an unsurprising reason. Oh, yeah. Uh, though what you read into those words he uses, um, I'm assuming he doesn't want to make like live service games. That seems like the kind of way that it's framed here. Yeah. That he wants to kind of make a game and kind of be done with it uh, versus continually working on it for long long stretches of time and kind of limit how many games he can keep making mm-hmm. as he's obviously getting up there in years now. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Well, please see uh, whatever he does with this uh, new venture at some point. I know he's got like a, a non-compete probably going on for a bit. Yeah. So, so he probably won't be able to do anything, but he, he's got plenty of money. He's not, you know, hard up for money or anything. Oh yeah. So yeah, there you go. Uh, next up here in something that uh, got buried on a Friday evening, mm-hmm. as uh, you know, all ethically uh, positive companies are doing. Yeah, uh, Activision Blizzard essentially uh, put the news out there that they agreed to settle mm-hmm. their discrimination suits uh, with the state of California. Yeah. And we'll pay roughly $54 million mm. to settle the yeah the 2021 gender discrimination and harassment lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, that is the one that kind of damaged their reputation enough that Microsoft was able to swoop in and make a, an offer of $69 billion to buy up the company. Mm-hmm. So easy money for Microsoft to mm-hmm. pony up to get what they got out of the situation. Mm. And so, yeah, uh, yeah, they put out a statement saying they're happy to finally put this behind them mm. and act like it shows that they've done uh, all the due diligence to learn from it. And it's like, sure. <sighs> yeah, whatever. Uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully the the people affected by this get the, the things they deserve out of this. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Good riddance to Bobby Kotick because he will be out of a job here in yeah. a couple of weeks. Yep. So not without getting a, a fat check. To yeah, a nice this, golden parachute to cushion the fall. But he's gone, so. Yeah, he will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. For some lighter news. Um mm-hmm. Insomniac was hoping to get an update for Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Out by the end of the year, they would have the New Game Plus mode in it, as well as some more accessibility options like audio descriptions mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff uh, you know, out here. But obviously, with two weeks left, uh, that is uh, not going to be possible. So they put out a big statement saying uh, that they are you know, hoping to get it out early next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they say here, we are now targeting early 2024 for the next game update. We'll have a feature complete list closer to its release. We've heard your feedback and we'll be adding some highly requested features, including the ability to change the time of day, swap tendril colors, and replay missions, just to name a few. Yep. So yeah, it should be uh, good whenever that is ready to go. Hopefully it's not yeah. too much longer. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, some good stuff to look forward to for that game. Yep, definitely. Uh, which you can look forward to, uh, Fallout 4 uh, for the new consoles. 
mm-hmm. uh, as the uh, long-awaited uh, new gen updates that they announced, uh, you know, a few months ago, mm-hmm. has uh, run out of time to release this year. Yep. Uh, so they put out a tweet saying, "Thank you for your patience with us as we work on the Fallout for next gen update." We know you're excited, and so are we, but we need a bit more time to look forward to an exciting return to the Commonwealth in 2024. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, unfortunate, but uh, hopefully it uh, uh, turns out to be a good one mm-hmm. of those. It could be iffy either way, though. There's something weird about calling it a next-gen update when we're going to be four years into the 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 generation. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but that is a game that definitely could use the extra power of these new consoles. Yeah, uh, definitely. To run, to run like a like it should. Yeah, like it definitely didn't uh, at launch. No, but I mean it's a Bethesda game, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, there you go. What we'll to see that? See like what features of it uh, as mm. well will be a big part of it besides just running better and having 4k support and all that stuff so we'll see yeah all right uh yeah let's get to uh some more bad news mm-hmm. uh the last of us online has been officially canceled yeah naughty dog announced it on uh their website in a blog mm-hmm. titled an update on the last of us online mm. saying let's see we realize many of you have been anticipating news around the project that we've been calling The Last of Us Online. There's no easy way to say this. We've made the incredibly difficult decision to stop development on the game. Uh, As they say here, uh, we know this news will be tough for many, especially our dedicated The Last of Us Factions community. Mm We've been following our multiplayer ambitions ardently. Oh, yeah. We are equally crushed at the studios. We're looking forward to putting it in your hands. Mm. Or as we were looking forward to putting it into your hands, we wanted to share with you some background of how we came to this decision. Uh, basically saying that they've been working on it since uh, The Last of Us uh, Part 2. Uh, wanted to make a, a big, pretty ambitious kind of multiplayer game mm-hmm. for this. But in, yeah, they say here, in ramping up to full production, the massive scope of our ambition became clear. To yeah. release and support The Last of Us Online, we had to put all our studio resources behind supporting post-launch content for years to come. Mm-hmm. Severely impacting development on future single-player games. Yeah. So we had two paths in front of us, become a solely live service st- game studio, or continue to focus on single-player narrative games that have defined Naughty Dog's heritage. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, essentially saying that, you know, they took the uh, the latter routes there. Yeah. That they uh, do have more games in the works. I think they mm-hmm. say multiple year. Uh, we have more than one ambitious brand-new single-player game that we're working on here at Naughty Dog, and we cannot wait to share more. About what comes next when we're ready. So, yeah, yeah, unsurprising, but it makes sense for what that studio is good at mm-hmm. uh, or best at. Uh, they've done a good job with multiplayer as well, but yeah, uh, single player is kind of the the thing that they want to hang their head on. It makes sense rather than uh, either ramping up and forming a new team just for that game, mm-hmm. uh, which is. Not what any studio is doing really at this point of hiring tons of people. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, essentially sacrifice any other projects they want to work on mm-hmm. just to make this one 
uh, live up to its full potential. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Then you got people online and be like, yeah, screw live service games. We don't want any of those. And it's like, you can have both of them, but yep. this one just grew kind of to be too much for what Naughty Dog was capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And also people don't really, people that don't like multiplayer like to make sure and poo-poo on any multiplayer stuff mm-hmm. out there. Uh, that's kind of a a thing they never shut up about. Mm-hmm. So everything like this is a obvious proof that uh, those kind of games are bad for the industry. Yeah. And all that. It's like, eh, there's good and bad parts of any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there you go. Naughty Dog's canceling this one project, hoping that uh, the next ones they have in the works are going to be worth that sacrifice. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of sacrifices, the industry has sacrificed E3. Yep. Uh, E3 is officially dead, will not return, the ESA mm-hmm. has announced. Yeah. Uh, good riddance to E3. Yeah. For at least what it's been. Um, yeah. It's, it's a show, as I've been thinking about, it's a show that was dedicated to the magazine part of the industry, the media. Yeah. And that's when it was like actually, you know, worth something. Yeah. It's as magazines became less and less relevant to how uh, the media functioned for games, yeah. E3 became less and less relevant as it became super easy for uh, the publishers and developers at the show to get mm-hmm. their their stuff out there, as well as for the media to cover it without even having to be there uh, mm. for uh, large chunks of it. Just being oh, yeah. themselves talking over the showcases and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. That makes E3 much less uh, necessary. Yeah. Uh, and I would say like the, the E3 that probably put the nail in the coffin for E3 as we knew it was uh, 2013. Yeah. E3 when the uh, when Sony announced the PS4 in a big showcase that was not part of E3, mm-hmm. it was months earlier, and Microsoft did the same with the Xbox One a few like, yep. months earlier, mm-hmm. and that was like the oh, we don't need the E3 to be a big part of our uh, press cycle for announcing a new platform. Mm-mm. It does not have to happen here. Nintendo would follow suit with that when they announced the uh, the Switch uh, in multiple like directs uh, in mm-hmm. the it was like late twenty fifteen, early twenty sixteen, or no, it was twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, mm. um, where they just announced it like in January. Like here's the full name, the Switch. It's out in March. Yep, give us money. And E3 was not part of any of that. Mm-hmm. And then as they tried to figure out like what to do to make it a more relevant platform, you know, figured out like, oh, we could do public stuff, like bring in, you know, the public that's, you know, really wants to be a, at E3. Mm-hmm. And sort of with that kind of just meshing the public and the press kind of just led to uh, the show being for nobody. Mm-hmm. Because with... The public there, the 
the publishers, the the developers. They yeah. don't put out as much stuff in the the public, you know, accessible portion of the show as they would when it's mm-hmm. just the press because the yeah. press can reasonably look at it and be like, "Oh, this stuff, yeah, none of this is finished." So if there's weird stuff, it's okay. Mm. Uh, and you know, they would often put like arbitrary like percentages of what they think how f- mm-hmm. well done the game is. That kind of stuff. Uh, I went to E3 2005 and 2006, so before the Xbox 360, PS3, and Wii launched. And that was a fun time to go. Oh, yeah. And I remember going to some booth, maybe Sony's or Capcom's, playing Mm -hmm. Final Fight Streetwise and being like, I like Final Fight. That was a fun game. Mm -hmm. Playing a demo and being like, oh, this is pretty neat. They're bringing it to 3D. This, This looks pretty solid. Yeah. And then it came out and it's like, oh, this is awful. And it's like, oh, that was probably like the best part of that game that you could play because it was, you know, cut out from the rest of it and polished up pretty well. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff, you know, what they wouldn't get to do to the entire game. Yep. Uh, which is a pretty common thing with like uh, Aliens Colonial Marines had a whole thing about that. Mm-hmm. And like E3 and, you know, TGS and. Gamescom and all that are very uh, bad times for games development because it's, mm-hmm. you know, you have to set aside uh, a group of your team to take a you know chunk of the game and polish it up and make it work as a, a playable build. Yeah. And if that doesn't go well, you have a guided demo mm. where you, one of your people plays it and tells them like everything that's going on. So you make sure you avoid the, the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff, and you if you throw that kind of stuff out at uh, the public, uh, it's going to probably go bad for you. That's why you don't see a ton of games at PAX. They they bring stuff that's either just been released, that's you know finished, so that's you know there's no real worries about people seeing bad stuff or mm-hmm. stuff that's nearly done that they can you know go and pre-order after playing it. So, you know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they do the the public shows that uh, at E3 that same just to fall flat um, and provide, you know, if people were there for three days, they could probably see everything they need to by the second day. Mm. And then you saw stories of like people just handing badges out to other people to go in for the third day and then just kind of just generally not being very many people Mm. uh, on the show floor. And you're like, oh, this people fucked up with the entire design of this event. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they should have had, you know, explicit press days and public days and set those up uh, differently. Uh, I don't know. But mm. yeah, whatever it was, the ESA could never figure out what the solution was. Mm. And then they tried to hire, you know, I am 8-Bits. Uh, for I think the the 2020 show that never happened mm-hmm. because of COVID, uh, that ne- never went well. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in Reed Pop, you know, the people that made packs, and even they couldn't figure out uh, the proper route to go, mm-hmm. and just left uh, E3 in a weird place where it's like, now oh, there's there's nobody happy with this. Not the the media, not the public, not the uh, the publishers and developers that are there, any of the mm-hmm. partners, nobody's happy. And then you end up with this where we haven't had one in three years, uh, yeah. physically at least. And 
the the president of the uh, CEO of the ESA basically said, "Here we are committed to our role as uh, covener convener of the industry, and look forward yeah. to sharing news about E3 in the coming months." Uh, right here, while the reach of E3 remains unmatched in our industry, we're continuing to explore how we can evolve it to best serve the video game industry. Evaluating every aspect of the events from format to location. Mm. But yeah, basically saying, yeah, here it's after more than two decades of hosting an event that has served as a central showcase for the US and global video game industry, uh, you know, E3 would be no more. So, yep. It's like sad to see it go, but also it's been long coming. Oh, uh, yeah. When you got, you know, Famously, like Konami kept booth space but didn't show. Mm-hmm. So there's just carpet where Konami was. Yeah. And you had like Sony bowing out because they didn't see the worth of setting up booth space and bringing games to the show floor mm-hmm. uh, over, you know, doing things they normally would, would do. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just an unsurprising thing. And then you have the the whole thing where we had a. A few years ago, where they doxed uh, thousands of people that had been to uh, multiple years of the show. Mm-hmm. That is always a fun way to engender positive feelings about your your organization and your event. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a, a fun thing. Yeah, to deal with. Mm. Like the, I have like two bits of like swag that I have out of the out of E three. I have a like a Pac-Man thing you hang off your mirror in your car mm-hmm. that has been on my car. Not my recent car. I forgot to put it back up, but uh, it's essentially has like fading or reddening or whatever from sitting in the sun for, you know, going on like 18 years, something like that. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, I also have a medal from the N-Gage booth. Mm. Gold medal. Probably not real gold, but... It's like, this is what E3 was at that point. Mm-hmm. You run around, you find the N-Gage booth. Mm. And they're still around for some reason. They're giving out yeah. swag because why not? Yeah. That's how you get attention. Yeah. And I've also been thinking, like, I think E3 died when Kensha died. Kensha Hall. Mm-hmm. Like, that was kind of the, the soul of the show where the weird stuff happened. Yeah, that is where you know VR showed up early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where Guitar Hero came from. Yep. In case you didn't know, that's where it started with uh, Red Octane and Harmonics kind of showing off demos there. Uh, I mm-hmm. went and played Guitar Hero two, I think the one year. Uh, yeah, that was pretty fun mm. uh, to do. It was just in this uh, unpretentious like basement area where there's just like oh, there's some. Some little booths where you can get coffee or drinks or whatever and just chill and hang out. Mm-hmm. Almost like what you would maybe expect to see at like a CES that wasn't mm-hmm. filled with tons of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you go around and see like, oh, these people got motion controllers. There's uh, all sorts of weird, cool stuff. It's like not the stuff you would see up on the, the main show floor stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like when that just became a basement or like a parking lot kind of thing, it's like, Oh, this this show's kind of lost uh, lost its edge. Oh yeah, cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sad. Like 
you know, I mean, once it became pretty clear that um, the internet and streaming was going to become a major factor in the industry, that was pretty much the death nail for E3, even though they tried their absolute best to remain relevant. But you said 2013 was basically the beginning of the end. And that's, it, it didn't have to be. Um, but it did like do a pretty good job of showing where the industry was going. But ultimately I think it really was the, uh, the COVID pandemic that killed it for good. Like just, there was no coming back after that. Yeah. COVID was the mercy killing. Yeah. Because they tried to make a digital version happen. Yeah. And it didn't work. (laughs) Yeah. You want people to sign up for accounts with avatars and such they're like mm-hmm. nobody wants any of this shit no and then just seemed like everything was kind of you know literally put together at the last moment because that's what it was yep they were preparing a physical sh- you know show floor mm-hmm. had to scramble in three months some sort of digital version mm-hmm. that yeah yeah just fell apart yeah just there was nothing there was no coming back from that that was it yeah. Well, luckily for them, the the publishers still see the uh, the potential of just showing off a bunch of games in the summertime, mm-hmm. and being able to kind of get some, uh, you know, general time frame of putting their shows on back to back to back, mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and getting a lot of attention there. Uh, just the. Physical show floor is something that probably won't mm-hmm. come back in full force anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, the closest they get is like Jeff Keeley for his Summer Game Fest stuff does a little show floor kind of thing, but that's mm-hmm. more of a, a building they rent uh, and have some people doing more casual demo kiosks and such. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Good rinse to E3. Uh, we'll have better stuff in the future. Mm hmm just with everybody having more freedom to do stuff when they need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think that'll, that'll end the E3 talk for mm-hmm. the time being. But now everybody can shut up about wanting mm-hmm. E3 to return. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's get to some more bad news. Mm-hmm. Ubisoft decided that uh, this would be the week where they unceremoniously delisted the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, for yeah, Xbox 360, Xbox One, uh, PS4, and PC. Yeah, that uh, they also announced the servers will shut down as of April 1st, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, uh, gonna kill the whole game because it is an always online game. Yeah, I think it doesn't really need to be uh, the fate of that game because mm-hmm. uh, it is just an open world racing game. Yep. But uh, with the caveat that you're kind of going through a condensed version of the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, that is a really cool concept for a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kind of kept it going for the crew, too. Mm-hmm. That uh, also did pretty well for that. But, yeah, uh, after March is over, uh, nobody will be able to play this game anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a shame and something that should uh, stop being a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
at least being the the de facto way that that game exists and not having a way to kill the the online capacity of it, letting people play it otherwise. So mm-hmm. people will figure that out for at least the PC version. Mm-hmm. Uh, make that possible, so that'll probably still be playable in some form. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's also the game where they figured out how to make a an open world racing game have towers in it. Mm. Like a, like it's an Assassin's Creed game or a Far Cry game. Yeah. That's because you drive up to like radio towers. Mm-hmm. And like hang out there until it's, you know, unlocks the thing that unveils parts of the map. Mm-hmm. That's a weird thing, but yeah. Disappointing, but that's Ubisoft for you. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of disappointing... There's this game on Steam called The Day Before that got pretty uh, hyped, I guess. Uh, people were looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, it was going to be like a zombie MMO-ish kind of thing that people started getting kind of really into the vibes. Um, it released, and what they found is a game that was not like that at all. Mm-hmm. I think it was more of a, an extraction shooter with some zombies around. Mm-hmm. But definitely not what the trailers and such had pitched it as. So uh, I think they had numbers here. Mm-hmm. Um, like they had sold something like two hundred thousand copies, and yeah, two hundred one thousand buyers, and had ninety one thousand refunders. Yep, uh, good forty six percent of the of the the copies sold. Mm-hmm. In a way, and has kind of left the developers in a, a place. Developers called Fantastic without that first day. Mm-hmm. Almost like it's Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and the developers have shut down mm. as a result, basically saying that they had worked for five years on this game mm-hmm. uh, without taking money from players through early access, which is like maybe you should have gone through early access. Because mm-hmm. uh, people are much more lenient to issues in early access, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you get the money to continue working on it, and making it better, improving it. But yeah, they decided not to go that route. They seemed like they had run out of money mm. and put out what they had, hopes that it would find an audience, and it kind of did. But the audience was expecting something else, mm-hmm. and got lots of refunds. That's uh, whole big thing um yeah they put out a statement basically talking about this we apologize if we didn't meet your expectations did everything within our power but unfortunately miscalculated our capabilities creating games is an incredibly challenging endeavor which yeah that's Mm. definitely true as it shows here uh, making games especially making good games Mm -hmm. is very hard and these developers found that out firsthand yeah and yeah, that seems like they uh, made a game with a lot of, uh, see, an Unreal Engine that used a lot of store-bought assets, which people call an asset flip, which is not what that is. Mm-hmm. An asset flip is essentially taking a lot of those like uh, test demos that you get with engines. Like, here's how you can do this kind of game. You know, play around with it, see how it works, make your own thing out of it. Mm-hmm. People just like take that and you know, maybe change skins a little bit and then publish that. Mm. Yeah. And that runs into a problem with like 
just super broken games of no content, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this kind of just ends up being uh but this is just a game that just did not pan out mm-hmm. for whatever they were aiming for. Uh, it did not get any clo- anywhere close, and they tried to pivot at the last moment and still failed. Mm-hmm. There's also a weird bit here where I guess they they describe all of their workers as volunteers mm-hmm. with all the weird stuff around that. Um, yeah, where they also get part-time volunteers that get paid in participation certificates and free codes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. Don't mm. treat your workers as interns. Uh, there are some of these volunteers that get paid. Those are the full-time volunteers. Mm-hmm. But part-time volunteers are working on like community moderation and translation and that kind of stuff. The quote-unquote unskilled labor. Yep. I'm guessing they assume it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I can see how this fell apart. Mm. If you're coming at it in this this way and just really misunderstanding how making a game works. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it seems like it's been fully removed from steam. Uh, one of the investors in the game basically came out and said, you know, they're going to provide the funding to refund everybody. If that, if they want it, uh, that kind of stuff. So uh, hopefully everybody that wants it can get that refund. Uh, the steam the the servers I think are going to still be up for a while. They probably paid to have servers for X amount of time, so that'll probably keep going for a bit. But mm. yeah, seems like at the moment nobody's going to be working on this game, and nobody can buy it. So mm-hmm. there you go, a whole wild uh, flash in the pan kind of the game there mm-hmm. uh, that still ends up with nothing. So yeah, there you go. Uh, and let's see here. Oh, yeah. Embracer Group has another uh, shutdown to announce here as we get close to Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Embracer closed down Free Radical Design. Yeah. Uh, the new one. They're the mm-hmm. original shutdown a long time ago, but they formed a new Free Radical Design that would work on a, a new Time Splitters project or whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. But obviously, they never got around to uh, being able to finish anything, as they have all been laid off and shut down the studio. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, fun times in Embracerland, where mm-hmm. they just get to shut down studios that didn't even make anything, mm-hmm. didn't even get to prove their worth. So, as uh, tweets here of a number of people that talking about the yeah, spending two over two years at the studio and having nothing to uh, say for it. Mm. And that's a great time. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Fuck Embracer Group. Yep. Throw them. Um, like these people off right before Christmas, yeah. Yeah, they bit off more than they can chew and now we all have to suffer for it. And they all had to suffer for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. There you go. Uh, let's we'll go into a bright spot here. That's early 2024. Looks like it's going to have a, mm-hmm. a lot of interesting stuff here. Uh, as we will uh, go through here, January, February, March of uh, releases that I have here. I don't have everything on here, obviously, because there's a lot that uh, 
that we don't still don't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as a lot of like smaller releases that will just announce their dates as they reach them. Uh, but this is all the stuff that's been announced up to this point, and we'll kind of move through this and see how crunched together a lot of these are. Uh, but January, we kind of start off January pretty slow. Uh, the first big releases I have on here on the 18th mm-hmm. with Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's on everything that is, uh, yeah, them doing Prince of Persia, but as like a Metroid kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that looks like it should be really cool. Uh, luckily, we'll get a demo on the 11th so we can check mm. it out uh, a little bit sooner and see if that panned out. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the 19th, we get two games. Another Code Recollection, which is a collection of two uh, DS and I think it's a DS and a Wii adventure game mm-hmm. series that Nintendo published that didn't really. Like one of them came over here as a, under a different name. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like one of those kind of series that got split up and then lost to time mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. So they have kind of come back to that and brought it together as a, a collection of games you can check out on the Switch. Yep. So that could be neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get The Last of Us Part Two remastered. So you get the uh, a new. A uh, very polished version of Blast was Part Two. Yeah, uh, with some new content in there. There's a roguelike mode in there. Yeah, the starts throwing a bunch of uh, combat scenarios at you in you know various ways to keep you on your toes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, as well as some some extra story stuff is like built out of mm-hmm. uh, cut content that they never finished, uh, but have now finished. So. That looks like that should be the ultimate version of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you can get the... If you already have The Last of Us Part 2, you can upgrade for 10 bucks for that, so that should be a yeah. pretty good time for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. The following week, we got three games. January 25th, mm-hmm. All Justice Ace Attorney Trilogy. Yep. Uh, which are all the... Uh, uh, Apollo Justice, I believe, for the DS, and then the 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 3DS games that they put out, as well as all the DLC. So yeah, yeah. all the weird little DLC. So yep, uh, definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to this one. Yeah, could be pretty cool. So yeah, uh, let's see. Also, this is 26th. Uh, two big games, mm-hmm. like a Dragon Infinite Wealth and yep. Tekken Eight. Mm-hmm. Decided both to release the same day. Yeah, to annoy uh, everybody that's uh, uh, likes their Japanese games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, uh, definitely looking to the Infinite Wealth. That's I loved the like like a dragon, and I really want to play this. Yeah, I still need to get back back to that. So I need to. I probably won't get that at launch, uh, mm-hmm. maybe a little later, but uh, yeah. Yakuza Like a Dragon, a game that just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I put, even in like the, the last month, like a good 15 hours, I'm still not that close, even from where yeah. I was. Uh, that's a game that just keeps going. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Tekken 8's finally getting that out, uh, so that'll mm-hmm. be a pretty early contender for best fighting game of the year. Oh, yeah. 
as they throw a bunch of uh, stuff at that uh, game. So that's going to mm-hmm. be pretty cool from the look of it. And that's your January. Mm-hmm. So not a ton in there, but all six of those games are in the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move into February where every week there's a big game. Oh, yeah. Uh, trying to see the time frame here. Okay, yeah, the first... Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Yep. For PlayStation and PC. That is the a new game in that series, the Grand Blue series that is a JRPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. A week after like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, there's another JRPG. Yep. Out on PlayStation. And then uh, The day after there's yet another JRPG. <laughs> yeah, there's Persona 3 Reload. The next save. Yeah, that one I'm definitely looking forward to. Um because yeah. I gotta tell you, after playing 4 and 5, playing Persona 3 is really hard to do. Like, those games basically perfected the formula, and yeah, it's just hard to go back to that older style, so you know, the fact that they're going back and, you know, redoing it just, yeah, I I really can't wait to play this. Yeah, that looks neat. Uh, so yeah, you get their three big JRPGs in about a week mm-hmm. uh, for that. So good luck with that. Mm. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to double check the time frame. Yep, 26th and the second are a week away. So mm. good luck with that. Also on February 2nd is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Yep. As they finally get that out there, uh, hoping that it will catch on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh same <laughs> yeah uh, i doubt that it would i i i hope i hope it ends up being worth playing because i love rocksteady but yeah we'll we'll just have to say yeah won't we? that seems like a, a game that has been poisoned by the toxicity of the live service game debate out there yeah that there's no way of getting positivity mm-hmm. out about any of this stuff people just decide it's going to be a shit game Mm-hmm. And that there's no way for anybody's mind to be changed on that. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Especially as they have talked about the ways that they're kind of uh, adapting the sort of live service elements to be more palatable. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe they'll delay that to get out of all the rest of this that's coming out. Mm. We'll see. But uh, the next week... We have Helldivers 2 for PS5 and PC mm-hmm. uh, on February 8th. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Mm. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, like the first game a lot, just didn't have a ton of time to put into it, especially for uh, the sort of hardcore kind of game it was, mm-hmm. uh, where they, you know, by default require there to be friendly fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was like a top down kind of thing. This is from the, if you don't know, it's from the developer of Magica. Yeah, uh, which was kind of a uh, a wizard action game of sorts, kind of top down, where you worked with uh, mm. teammates to take down enemies and solve puzzles and that kind of stuff. And you could essentially shoot out your mm-hmm. your magic beam uh, to combine with your other teammates' beams to create cool combo stuff. Yeah, uh, but also if you were not good with your your aim, you could kill them as well 
yep. with your own beams. Uh, and Helldivers kind of took that for the the war mm-hmm. uh, kind of shooter combat kind of stuff. Uh, also being uh, top down to its uh, design, but yeah, you could call in uh, for uh, reinforcements with, uh, with new weapons, ammo, that kind of stuff. Mm. And these like drop ships that if you weren't paying attention, you could have a drop on top of you and kill you. Yep. <laughs> they did not care about being fair to you. Nope. That was part of the fun of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. And for Helldivers 2, they're going for more of a third-person shooter uh, format to it versus a top-down thing. So that I think that will make it more mm-hmm. approachable for people. So, mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a, a super expensive game. I think they're going for like a, like a $40 game. Yeah, I think maybe more. Mm. Uh, I might double check that here. Yeah, forty bucks. Steven mm. PlayStation Store. So I think it's a pretty good price point for that kind of game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there you go for that. Uh, let's see the next week, mm. February thirteenth. Banishers: Ghosts of New Eden. That's the new Don't Not game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an action RPG shooter thing. Yep. And yeah. Uh, they delayed it from November to February in the middle of all these releases. Mm-hmm. I think it might be in their best interest for this new franchise thing they're trying to do to maybe push it. Mm-hmm. Going to maybe March or April. Use the time to polish it, but get the hell out of this. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also on the 13th, Ultros is out. That is a, mm-hmm. a Metroid-ish kind of game that is got a wild art style to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you're kind of uh, on this alien planet and they go uh, all out with the art style stuff that oh, yeah. has a really unique look to it. Uh, so that's looking really cool. That's mm-hmm. PlayStation and PC. And then, yeah, on February 14th, Tomb Raider 1 through 3 remastered starring Lara Croft. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get all the uh, branding in there. Yep. Uh, that's out on everything. Mm-hmm. It'll be the original games with uh, new visual options. Yeah. Swap at any point, so that could be cool. Mm. And I believe it's supposed to have a bunch of other quality of life stuff to it, though. Mm-hmm. I don't... I don't know if that's going to make it better for me as somebody that does not like those games. Mm-hmm. But there's supposed to be modern control options, too, so that could be something that makes it more approachable for people. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, then later that week, I think it's that same week. No, this is wait, that's March. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's on the 16th. That's Friday. Nintendo is releasing Mario versus Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Their new Mario versus Donkey Kong game. Kind mm-hmm. of looking at that. So uh, that's neat. Uh, we'll see how that one turns out. Uh, let's see. And yeah, during the uh, the Game Awards, Ubisoft put out the funniest announcement saying they're finally going to release Skull and Bones and putting it out in the middle of all this onslaught of mm-hmm. releases uh, for February 16th. Yeah. And sure. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Might as well put it out at some point. Yeah. I mean, the, this game has been a walking disaster, so... You know, at this point, they just want to sort of fire and forget, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there you go for that uh, week that has one, two, three, four, five games that week. So mm-hmm. good luck with that. 
then the following week, uh, February 22nd, there's Open Roads. Mm-hmm. That was formerly a Fulbright game that has sort of spun off of them as a, a result of uh, Toxic Founder there. Mm-hmm. Who kind of poisoned the well with the developer there that the interactive ended up just allowing people to leave to form their own team that's just called mm-hmm. Open Roads Team mm-hmm. to finish that game in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that finally gets a release on the 22nd. Yeah. And uh, also that same day, conveniently, another game about driving cars, uh, Pacific mm. Drive, will be out, mm-hmm. uh, which that's for much different reasons versus narrative reasons. In yeah. Open Roads, Pacific Drive is like some weird alien presence has taken over these like Northwest Pacific uh, forests. Mm. Yeah. And you're tasked with driving your vehicle through them to, you know, some some unspecified place to figure out what the hell's going on. Mm -hmm. And you can stop at places to reinforce your vehicle, uh, Mm -hmm. taking on these alien creatures or whatever, Mm -hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff. It looks pretty neat as a cool style to it. Uh, So yeah, that looks like it could be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And that kind of ends that week, just those two games. Uh, But how February ends is kind of uh, on some big names Mm -hmm. here. On uh, the 28th, because uh, this is a, a leap year next year. Yep. Uh, so on the 28th, we have Brothers at Tale of Two Sons remake. Uh-huh. Uh, a remake that we maybe don't need, but sure, I guess. You yeah. Do that. Um, if you have not played that before, that's worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they basically just remade a game in Unreal Engine 5 and made it look pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Though I would say the original game looked really good still. Mm-hmm. And still is worth checking out. So there you go for that. Yeah. So, and for everything, Star Wars Dark Forces Remaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if you don't know, uh, back in the 90s, Doom was the biggest game on PC. Yep. And LucasArts said, hey, what if we do Star Wars Doom? Yeah. And they did that. Mm. It's basically that style of first-person shooter, but set in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And it, it was pretty good. Yep. And so now they're remastering that, and that'll be out the 28th, so mm-hmm. you'll be able to check that out. And then, uh, yeah, February 29th, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth happens. Yep. That's finally out. Uh, leap day. Mm. Uh, you start and end this month with JRPGs. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you get the biggest one of them all on here uh, right at the end of February uh-huh. for the PS5, so... Good luck with that. Having the time for all that. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, uh, let's see, we get into March. Mm-hmm. March doesn't have that much right now, but it, it'll probably fill up as we get closer to it. Yeah. Uh, but for, let's see, March 5th, we got Expeditions, a Mudrunner game. This is... Mm-hmm. Uh, Mudrunner games are the very fun kind of driving games with lots of mm. physics to them, lots of dealing with extreme... Uh, weather scenarios of muddy pits and uh, they had snow runner, which dealt with icy snowy areas, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. And expedition seems like it just kind of gives you a big open map to drive these like uh, scientific mm-hmm. expedition vehicles, essentially to accomplish a series of uh, tasks that you give them. So mm-hmm. that looks pretty neat. Uh, then we got outlast trials. Uh, which is Outlast, but multiplayer. 
Mm-hmm. For all the fun that that is. Mm. Uh, so yeah, you can check that out. And then on March 8th, there's Unicorn Overload. Yep. Uh, which is the new Vanillaware game. Yep, and it looks Vanillaware is all... <laughs> yeah, Vanillaware's version of Final Fantasy Tactics, it seems like. Yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics, it's got a little bit of that. It's got a little bit of Advance Wars in there. A uh, little bit of Fire Emblem. Yeah. yeah. You know how Vanillaware games are. It's yeah. going to look gorgeous. Um, And yeah, uh, definitely excited for this one. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go for that. And then, uh, yeah, we don't really have anything for the for the middle of that month. Uh, nope. For the, the last part on March 20th, Alone in the Dark releases. That is the their new, like, Alone in the Dark remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, David Harbour in it. I forget who the other actor is, but that's at least the most interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game seems like it could be pretty bad. Who knows? Yeah, that seems like a game that's not destined to be the the breakout hits that uh, they would like it to be. Yeah, but we could be up for some surprises. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But uh, then there's March 22nd, which seems to be uh, a super powered version of what October 20th was. Yep, uh, which that had Spider-Man 2 and Super Mario Wonder releasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, much to the chagrin of everybody else that was coming yeah. out around then. Mm-hmm. And here we've got three big games coming out March 22nd. Uh, this Dragon's Dogma 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, yeah, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. There's Princess Peach Showtime mm-hmm. for the Switch and Rise of the Ronin for the PS5. Mm-hmm. Uh, three very different kinds of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all look really cool and interesting, so mm-hmm. that'll be a time for people to put their money where their mouth is. Yep. Whether you deal with the, the long-awaited sequel to Dra- Dragon's Dogma or the new Team Ninja game mm-hmm. uh, or a new Princess Peach game that doesn't seem to be like uh, a joke mm-hmm. of a game, like a kid's game. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, one that's going to take her more seriously as a character Mm-hmm. Uh, and be more interesting mechanically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. That's your that's your three months to start twenty twenty four. I was some pretty big games there mm-hmm. for people to check out. So yeah, what are the games you're going to be checking out here, Brandon? Oh, there there's a bunch here. Uh, starting from January. Um... Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is the most obvious one. Also, Apollo Justice. That one's that one's a shoe win. Uh, as far as February is concerned, uh, Persona Three Reload definitely. Um, let's see, uh, definitely Final Fantasy VII Rebirth because I loved uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. And considering the way that game went, they basically threw the whole canon out the window. So there's really up just a bunch of different ways that this game can go and also i'm just interested because that was the part of the game in the original where it opened up and you were able to like start traveling the overworld so i'm curious how they're going to do that this time around um and then for march um definitely unicorn overload uh also and dragon's dogma 2 um 
is definitely something I'm interested in. Also really interested in Princess Peach Showtime simply because it's been a long time since she's gotten her own game. And I liked what they showed at the Nintendo Direct. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I think for me, Prince of Persia looks like a pretty good game to get into. Mm-hmm. I'll probably get the, the upgrade for The Last of Us Part 2. Mm-hmm. If you finally put time into that, because when mm-hmm. that came out, that was uh, mm-hmm. not a great t- time to get into like a, a very depressing game. Mm-hmm. Not that these days are better, but mm-hmm. there's a little more time in between, so mm-hmm. might be worth checking into that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to get like a dragon, but I'll probably wait a bit for that for maybe a sale. Mm. Uh, so I have more time to finish up the, the previous game. Mm-hmm. Uh, for February, oh boy, uh, Helldivers 2. Probably try and check that out. Mm. Uh, Ultros. Uh, maybe Pacific Drive or Open Roads. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to get Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yeah. Uh, remake will probably be much easier time for me to beat that than uh, Like a Dragon. Yeah. Uh, from where yeah, I'm like- at, so... That's a game that's not going to throw a ton of stuff at you. Yeah. Versus like, ah, oh, here's business sims and yeah, all these plants you can grow and all this other shit you can do. Yeah. I'm also uh, thinking of getting myself a Steam Deck as well. So, you yeah, know, some of these I might be able to play on that. Yeah. It's a pretty decent time to get one while they've still got some of those cheaper units. Yeah. Well, don't the older ones have, like, really shitty battery life, though? Uh, not really. Uh, it depends on the sort of games you're playing. Well, I mean, the, like, don't they also, like, they they're, they have, like, a charger, right? So. Yeah, just a USB cable you plug in. Oh, well, that won't be a problem, then, because I can totally yeah. just plug it into the wall. Because I don't really do much gaming when I'm traveling, so. Yeah. Yeah, the... The times I got here listed is just three to twelve hours on the OLED versus two to eight. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're playing super intensive games, like I was playing Euro Truck Simulator on that, was like after two hours was about half battery on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you go for higher end stuff, but you're also going to have yeah. that run a little worse and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't know, but yeah. Mm. That also depends on if you want to spend a four forty nine or six forty nine. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, well, maybe for two hundred bucks less, mm. a couple hours is not a big deal. Yeah, difference uh, for that. But yeah, there's options there for a reason. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, thinking about March, uh, maybe expeditions. I don't know, but maybe Dragon's Dogma two and Rise of Ronin would be pretty nice. Maybe Princess mm-hmm. Peach as well. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know financially how I'll be able to figure that out, but I'll figure it out. Yep. Well, yeah, that's a a good look at the early part of 2024, looking Mm -hmm. to be pretty stacked for options. Yeah. There for the first few months. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that'll do it for the show today. And I think that'll do it for the year. Yeah. At the moment, Uh, we'll be doing a game of the year show that, that might be just the way that the holidays are lining up. We may end up doing yeah. that the weekend after New Year's. Yeah, we'll see. You will hear from us. It just might be until after the New Year. So we'll get a nice break here for the time being. So yeah, uh, that'll be nice at least. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Brandon for joining. Always. Uh, we'll be back, uh, not next week, but in a couple of weeks uh, mm-hmm. with a new show. And uh, probably not much in the way of news because mm-hmm. it'll be the new year. Nobody will want to talk about much mm. unless they're releasing games. So, yeah. But maybe we'll be surprised. Maybe this, they'll announce the Switch 2 in the next couple of weeks. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, Either way, we'll be back at some point with some more news. We'll talk about Game of the Year stuff, mm. that kind of uh, stuff. But yeah, if you enjoy the show, if you let friends and family know mm. uh, that they, you know, both of you like to uh, uh, check out games, uh, mm-hmm. look forward to playing games for the holiday season, and uh, look forward to another slate of games you'll never be able to keep up with in 2024. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Hope you have a good holiday season ahead. Mm. And we'll talk to you all next time. Have a good one.